And Ephesians 1, first of all, as you wrote down these, these needs, Pastor Carol gave me a great outline, and it has many scriptures. Her intention and in what she expressed to me was is that as you wrote down that need, and I'm speaking to you about these scriptures, and they're coming up on, the, there are going to be many that come up here. I want you to say, oh, that one, that one's the one. As the Holy Spirit guides you, that's the one that will apply to my need because we're going to use it practically after I finish, and I'll explain why. So the first one, the first scripture we're going to go through is, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at the night, at the right hand, excuse me, can't read my own writing, the right hand in heavenly realms. So in this, we break it down, and, and the, the thing that sticks out at me the most is the greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. When you are prayerful, you are powerful. That's your first villain. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In James 5.16, it says, and Answered prayer, as I said in the prayer when we were when I was praying over you, and and really want you to get that concept is answered prayer is not man's idea. It's God's. And he says in his word right there that the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That effective prayer means God's tremendous power is available to every person who has been made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. So you are righteous when you receive Jesus, period. End of subject, no condemnation. You are qualified to come before the Lord, and as you fervently from the heart pray to him, that will produce that power. In 1 John 5, 14, 15, it says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We can be confident that God hears you and will answer you when you pray according to his will. So as you pray the word of God and God's promises, you are praying according to his will. The Bible reveals God's will to us in his word. So if you're, you're, if you're reading or you're, um, if you're, you say what God's, you want to know what God's will is for your life, here it is. Whenever you read one of his promises, and there's over 7,000, you can be assured that the promise is what God wants for you. As you pray the promises of God, you are praying according to his will. If you are sick, I think this is one subject that a lot of people have a hard time with. If you are sick, God does not want you to be sick. That is a lie from the enemy. And I want to just say it straight out and call the enemy out right now. Because too, for too long, far too long, most of us have believed that God has made me sick sometimes. No, that's not true. God's, God is good. God doesn't make people sick. Does he use what the enemy brings forth? Does he use 
that we are susceptible to the fall of this world, we're, our bodies are susceptible to this world. And what we do, our choices too, because it's not sickness doesn't just come uh, from the enemy. It comes from us as well, or what our choices are. So does he use those things for, our, for his glory and our good? Absolutely. But I want to call him out on it right now. Sickness is not from God. That is not what he intended. Matter of fact, when Jesus came and he said that through his stripes we are healed, we're healed of every sickness, every mental, emotional, all those things. God sent his son so that he could make right what was lost in the fall. And his intention, God has no plan B. His intention all along was for us to be healthy and whole. And I'm telling you right now, that is from the Holy Spirit because that was not intended for this message. So somebody here needed to hear that. So if that is what your, your need is right now, then you need to write down the scripture that says, through Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Okay? As you pray according to his will, as you, his promises in the Bible, over 7,000, as you pray them, you are praying according to his will. Reinhard Bonnke says, I, I have to say, as soon as I say his name, I want to speak like he speaks. I don't know if anybody knows who he is or heard him, but it, it just, I don't know. It's just, the, just something, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nut, okay? I'm sorry. God gives us many things without being asked. Rain, sunshine, winter, and summer. But he planned that we, would we should receive, we should receive other things by asking for them. The list is long. Salvation, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, guidance to be equipped, guidance to be equipped for spiritual battles, the gifts of the Spirit, power to witness, strength, boldness, relief from anxiety, anti-devil weapons, our daily bread, God's will to be in our life, relief, trials, the list goes on and on. That's what Ron, Ron Reinhard Bonnke says. So right here, it, it makes you think, okay, so he already provides. There's many things he already provides without being us asking. But look at the list that he, he, you know, notice the things that he talked about that we need to ask for. Each of us have to take hold of and receive God's promises in prayer, just as we must receive God's gift of salvation. I'll say that again. Each of us have to take hold of and receive God's promises in prayer, just as we receive God's gift of salvation. I think one problem I have, I will admit, is receiving. Receiving mercy is difficult for me. Receiving gifts from other people, receiving compliments. So, And I don't think I'm alone in that. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but you can you can just you know you can just relate to me in that receiving sometimes is very difficult. So when when God says that we need to receive His promises, He gives them to Him, gives us mercy and and His word and gifts so that we can receive them, not deflect them. Um, in Second Corinthians one twenty and twenty one, it says. For no matter how many promises God has made, 
They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. It's easy to read this verse and miss the significance of this because what he's saying is that God made the promises and they are yes already before because of what Jesus did. But the prayer needs to be spoken by us. We need to say the amen. So it's in relationship to each other. In Jeremiah 1.12, in the Amplified Version, it says, The Lord says, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So he's waiting. He's waiting for someone to speak his word out loud. His word says it will not return void as we speak it. As you put your trust in God's promises from his word, and speak them over your situation. He hears and brings his word to pass in your situation. When words are not enough, that then we need to pray in the Holy Spirit. In those times, praying in the Holy Spirit, the word says, likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. If right now you have a need and you really don't even know how to pray, Pray in your heavenly language. Groan. Make a noise to the Lord. Lord, direct my prayer. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Pretty simple. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and have a heavenly language, I encourage you to do so because let me tell you, there are times where I don't know how to pray and those are the times that my spirit connects with the Lord and speaks and then an utterance of a real word comes, or I should say not real, but an English word, because I have no clue what I'm speaking. Sometimes it sounds like Japanese. It may be. In um, your number two on your, on your outline, it says, prayer connects you with the unlimited resources of an all-powerful God. One of the greatest weapons you possess is the power of prayer. If you have an effective prayer life, it will not only keep you from being fearful and at the mercy of evil as it abounds in these last days, but it also connects you with the unlimited resources of an all-powerful God. Um, I <coughs> was going on YouTube and looking at some videos some one day, and I ran across Derek Prince. I don't know if you guys know a few years ago, and um, incredible, amazing man of God, and just really deals with um, deliverance ministry a lot. And one of the things he said, and he dealt with depression a lot, really, really deeply. And one of the things he said that he would do is he had something he writ wrote out, and he knew that he needed God's power every day over himself, especially in the areas of ministry that he was going into. So he would read this, and I wrote it down verbatim. 
and I don't read it over myself every day. And the days that I don't, I can tell you I feel it. Because what he said was, basically he laid it all on the line in this, in this prayer that um, he, he said that I am justified by the blood of the lamb. I am saved and protected by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And I don't love my life more than Jesus. And that was kind of the, the gist of his prayer. And he just basically told the devil every day, this is where the where it stands. I am justified by God. I am protected by the blood of the lamb. And he's telling the devil, but he's reminding himself. So he needed God's unlimited resource. And we need it. Absolutely, especially when you are praying for others and when you are in ministry. Many of you are in ministry. You need that unlimited resource from the Lord. So I encourage you to do so. In Ephesians 3.16, it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through the, his Holy Spirit. God wants a close relationship with you. He wants to hear your voice calling his name. He cares about the details of your daily life and wants to be the one you run to with your problems and all the situations you face. I know that for um, many of us, sometimes we, we have a tendency in our walk with God or in our daily life, we'll run to a, a someone and say, will you pray with me? I did that for a long time, and, and I, I have to thank the Lord that he kind of pushed people out of the way and even made it so that when I text or I when I called they wouldn't answer because when that happened I was going to Appa first and many of us do that we get kind of especially if we know people who have words of knowledge or hear from the Lord very clearly you know and we're not hearing nothing wrong with asking for a prayer that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is, is our first place we should go is the Lord. First, before we run to our friends, we should, we should be in prayer with him. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to say his name. So, and scripture tells us that Jesus is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And that when we come to him, we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's what Hebrews 4.16 4, uh, 4, says. That God is for you and not against you. And it makes no difference. It makes a difference when you pray. Now, <clears throat> a friend of mine who's in the room one day texted me a scripture when I was praying to the Lord and asking for and kind of complaining. And um, and was I was kind of going through a lot of uh, anxiety at that moment. And they t she texts me, and I believe that this is for someone else today because the Lord reminded me of this, he says. In Deuteronomy um, one thirty, it says, The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. There is someone here, I believe, today that has forgotten what the Lord has done for you yesterday. And you are faced with the situation right now and you feel like it's impossible and you're having anxiety or, and having those feelings of where are you, Lord? I want you to hold on to Deuteronomy 130 because 
He will fight for you. I'm reminding you of what he's done for you. He's already taken you out of Egypt. He's look at what he's done for you before. He's already given you provision before. He's going to give you provision again. So that was that was for someone here to write down for their scripture promise. Prayer brings God's power into your situation. Praying to God brings his power into your situation in ways that we can't even understand. In Psalm 107, 28 through 30 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed, and they were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Um, when one of my sons was flying to um, Korea, um, there was a horrible monsoon. I don't even know what's, what's the worst thing that you can have. It's like a monsoon. In that part of the, well, in that part of the world, I think they call them a typhoon. Thank you. I forgot the word. It had like category... 50. I don't know. I'm exaggerating. But it was like one of the worst I've ever seen before. And it was going to pass through. And my, my other son was already in Okinawa. So here it was. We're going to pass through Okinawa, this little teeny island that has like nothing on it. And my son's there, one of my boys. And the other one is in an airplane. And it's going to pass through while he's on the airplane. And they have not canceled the flight. So as I'm trying to trust in the Lord, and I'm sitting there, and I have we're having a party at this point for somebody. I don't remember what it was. I have my computer set up in the middle of the family room, looking at the progress of this typhoon and trying to pray, not doing a very good job, and really trying to engage with this little gathering I have at my house, right? And as I'm sitting there looking at this typhoon, the Holy Spirit says, do you not remember that I command the sea? I command the wind. I say to it, be still. And at that moment, I felt like there was just a, a wave of peace that came over me. Now, the Lord never uses something. I call him the ultimate recycler because as one of my friends as a Marine was going to Okinawa about a year and a half later, the same thing happened. And I said, oh, well, let me tell you, girl. And I gave her that scripture where the Lord says that he spoke, to, he commanded the wind to be still. And it gave her peace. So, and she, she held on to that promise. And I have to say, us mothers, we know how to pray, don't we? But we really need those promises. So. Without God's powerful inter intervention, they would most assuredly be lost, it says. How do you know? Forgive me. How about you? Do you have trouble? Are you in distress? Is there a storm raging around you? Cry out to God in prayer. He will hear you and bring you out of your agony giving you the guidance you need. There is, a there is power. There is God's power in his prayer. And keeping in mind that it, the power does not come from us, and I'm reminded of this. One of the things the Lord kind of gave me is as I'm praying over people, there was a time where I would try to muscle in prayer. 
I would try to, it's almost like squeeze out my will, thy be done. So the Lord kind of gave me this thing where if you ever see me pray over somebody, I will have one hand, which usually is the right hand, and one hand up to God. This is a reminder to me, mostly, that the power comes from him, not from me. So if you ever see me going, you know. So we need to keep in mind that that power is not within us. The power comes from God. There isn't anything that he can't do. And Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 tells us that he is able to do immeasurably more than we think or ask according to his power that works within us. We should also remember that prayer should not be reduced to a formula. You can't say, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. There are times where <clears throat> I will say that um, I always try to, you know, the Lord's Prayer is our model. It's not our uh, law, you know. So there are times where to get me in the right place in my heart, Praise is always where I start. I shouldn't say always. That's the most of the time where I start. Because I remember the scripture that says, um, see, and now I can't remember. With praise, I come into your courts with praise and into your gates with praise and, ga and courts with thanksgiving. Excuse me. That just kind of helps me get into that throne room. So... It's not a formula. God isn't motivated by your eloquence or lack thereof. As you can tell, I'm not very eloquent sometimes. He doesn't respond to a prayer simply because of some ritual or pattern that's, that it, you follow. He's more interested in the condition of your heart. He's more interested in your heart than he is your, the way you say it. Um, I know a few people who don't pray because of that very same reason. And that's another thing that the enemy does to us. He says, well, you can't pray very effectively. So don't pray, because he knows when we pray, God's power is moved. So the keys to powerful prayer are break down to this. Key one is to believe that God exists and that he will answer you when you wholeheartedly seek him. And, and <coughs> I want anybody who has a problem with just that that place of believing to pray for the unbelief to ask God for more belief in who he is an understanding of who he is Hebrew 11 Hebrews 11 uh, 11 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him so without that faith Pray for your unbelief. Pray for more faith. Key two is to go boldly to God in prayer. I think most of us kind of, um, I shouldn't say most of us because I don't want to gather everybody into one group, but I will say that we all at one time or another forget that we have full access, it says in the word, to the throne room of God. I imagine sometimes me throwing open those doors and saying, Daddy, I need you right now. Because I have that ability as the daughter of the Most High God, and so do you. 
be reminded of that. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Key three, to be anxious for nothing. Our scripture promise this week is part of this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He doesn't say be anxious for some things. He says nothing, but in everything. So I want you to underline nothing and everything. Those are important words to remember. Key four. Be respectful when you approach the Lord. The Bible instructs us to pray to God the Father in Jesus' name. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. It is only through Jesus that we are able to be justified, to come boldly, to to pray in, in confidence. It is only, so you need to remember that. Key five, to be diligent and pray continually. First Thessalonians 5.17 instructs us to pray continually. And Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray at all times and in every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do not give up. Be diligent. Even when you feel like, and if you can't lift your arms up to pray and you can't kneel on the floor, call a friend. Call a sister. That's one of the reasons why God gives us community. Um, I will say that one of the things that <clears throat> really speaks to my heart, in our inheritance that we receive in Christ, we have a privilege to pray. It is a privilege. It is a privilege that God will partner with us to make things happen. And sometimes I take advantage of that privilege. So if I continue to keep my heart and mind set on that is a privilege of ours, it helps me to stay focused in, in that with a privilege. You don't want to waste it. Um, in conclusion, the only way that we will experience the power of prayer is to pray. But God will never make you into a person of prayer. Having a desire to pray is a good starting point. But if you're going to be a strong uh, prayer, discipline will be required. When spending time with God, sometimes because when spending time with God should be your top priority, you will find praying becomes a delight. So it's not a chore. It's not. It is become. It becomes a delight to say. I, I remember of. Um, Pastor Carol saying how every morning she would say, good morning, Lord. It becomes a delight that you want to speak to the Father in praying to him and speaking to him. Your Heavenly Father wants you to know that when you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart because Psalm 37, 4 says that means that God will literally place his desires inside, inside you. Psalm 37.4. Do you have that, Jackie? 
actually will in a minute. He wants, he wants the desires of your heart as your will lines up with his. See, sometimes we go to him and we, like I said, I try to muscle in, in, in prayer or I have in the past. God, this is what I want. This is my will. This is what I think should happen. <laughs> but as you delight yourself in the Lord and you rest in him and you speak to him and you wait upon him, he gives you the desires of his heart and his will for you to pray along those lines. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if you have, did you put it up there? Yeah. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Okay, so somebody here needs that promise. Some, some of you have not delighted yourself in the Lord have not been remembering that he is your joy. St I would suggest that you start with praising him or just praising through whatever the circumstances is. So as you delight in him, the desires will be made known to him. He already knows what you need. So that's a scripture promise or, or instruction for someone. That means that Excuse me, I, I left off track. Okay, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, tells you that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, been, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God has given you the most powerful weapon. He has not left you to deal with this world on your own. And again, it is a privilege. It is, a, it is an amazing um, part of your armor I think of um, how he gave us this amazing armor, and he says that the sword of the spirit, you know, it's the only offensive weapon that we have. Everything else is defensive. And I think of him giving this beautiful armor to us. It's better than anything you can get at Neiman Marcus, okay? And you wouldn't just throw it in a um, washing machine with bleach. We have to take care to know and put on our armor every day. We have to actually, we need to stay in armor, sleep in your armor like it's long underwear. And part of that is you sleep with that sword, with God's word in your heart. Powerful. Remember, when you are prayerful, you are, also, you are powerful. Powerful. I can tell you um, that every triumph and every victory in my life has began with prayer and ended with praise. Every, and some of you know, I have been sick to the point of death. I have children in the military. I have had marriage that was going to end. I have been through loss of just about every type you can think. I lost my house. I lost my mother. But every time I had those situations, 
it start every victory that I have had, every powerful moment in my life has started with prayer and ended with prayer. Because I was assured, first of all, that he would answer my prayers and I would be victorious. Remember, this in Deuteronomy 1.30, it says, I will fight for you. And it later on says that the battle's already won. The battle is already won. So now, your homework, or not homework, because it's here work, not homework. If there was a scripture that was up on the screen or that I spoke that spoke to your need, then you're going to break into groups of two and three, two or three, and you're going to take that need and that scripture promise and pray it out loud with each other. For yourself, with, because where two or three are gathered, he is in our midst. So, if you did not get a promise through this up on the screen or, or something, but the Lord has kind of told you already, maybe the Holy Spirit is, is just kind of pulling at your heart. If not, the two or three that you're gathering with, tell the need. I bet you someone there will have the scripture promise. With over 7,000, there's a promise for everything. So I encourage you to do that now. We're just going to go right into breaking into prayer. And so two or three, and then you have, I don't have a clock. You have, you have a good amount of time. You have at least 15, 20 minutes to do so, okay? All right, ladies, thank you. And let me pray over you right now. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you've already answered the prayers of the needs that are on these pieces of paper. And I ask you, Lord God, to just be in their midst, Father, right now in great ways, in powerful ways, Lord God. We pray, Father God, that there will be chains broken, there will be breakthrough in their prayer life, Father God, that they may know your greatness, your power, Lord God, that they would have um, just as they speak your word, Father, we know that it does not return void. And I ask you, Lord God, to well up then a passion and a fervency, Father God, that the enemy can never come against, Father God, for your power is within us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So thank you, Father God, as they go into prayer, that there would be breakthrough, there would be victory, Father God, in prayer life, and that these women will become even mighty, even more mighty, even greater in their prayer life, Lord God, when your power meets their faith, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.